chapter 22 the prophecy comes true we were the first heroes to return alive to half blood hills since luke so of course everybody treated us as if we'd won some reality tv contest according to camp tradition we wore laurel wreaths to a big feast prepared in our honor then led a procession down to the bonfire where we got to burn the burial shrouds our cabin cabins had made for us in our absence annabeth's shroud was so beautiful gray silk with embroidered owls i told her it seemed it seemed a shame not to bury her in it she punched me and told me to shut up being the son of poseidon i didn't have any cabin mates so the heiress cabin had volunteered to make my shroud they'd taken an old bed sheet and painted a smile a smiley face with xed out eyes around the border the and the word loser painted really big in the middle it was fun to burn as apollo's cabin led the sing along and passed out toasted marshmallows i was surrounded by my old hermes cabin mates annabeth's friends from athena and grover's satyr buddies who were admiring the brand new searcher's license he received from the council of cloven elders the council had called grover's performance on the quest brave to the point of indigestion horns and whiskers above any thing we have ever seen in the past the only ones not in a party mood were clarice and her cabin mates whose poisonous looks told me they'd never forgive me for disgracing their dad that was okay with me even dionysus's welcome home speech wasn't enough to dampen my spirits yes yes so the little brad didn't get himself killed and now he'll have an even bigger head well huzzah for all that in other announcement there will be no cano races this saturday i moved on into cabin 3 but it didn't feel so lonely anymore i had my friends to train with during the day at night i lay awake and listened to the sea knowing my father was out there maybe he wasn't quite sure about me yet maybe he hadn't even wanted me born but he was watching and so far he was proud of what had done as for my mother she had a chance at a new life her letter arrived a week after i got back to camp she told me gabe had left mysteriously disappeared off the face of the planet in fact she reported him missing to the police but she had a funny feeling they would never find him on a completely unrelated subject she sold her first life size concrete sculpture entitled the poker player to a collector through an art gallery in soho she'd got so much money for it she'd put a deposit down on a new apartment and made a payment for her first term tuition at nyu the soho gallery was clamoring for more of her work which they called a huge step forward in super ugly neorealism neorealism but don't worry my mom wrote i'm done with sculpture 
I've disposed of that box of tools you left me. It's time for me to turn to writing. At the bottom she wrote a P.S. Percy, I've found a good private school here in the city. I've put a deposit down to hold you a spot in case you want to enroll for 7th grade. You could live at home. But if you want to go here around at Half Blood Hill, I'll understand. I folded the note carefully and set it on my bedside table. Every night before I went to sleep, I read it again and I tried to decide how to answer her. On the 4th of July, the whole camp gathered at, had gathered at the beach for a fireworks display by Cabin 9. Being Hepistus's kids, they weren't going to settle for a few lame red, white and blue explosions. They anchored a barge offshore and loaded it with rockets the size of Patriot missiles. According to Annabeth, who would seen this show before, the blasts would be sequenced so tightly, they'd look like flames of animation across the sky. The final was supposed to be a couple of 30-meter-tall Spartan warriors who would crackle to life above the ocean, fight a battle, and then explode into a million colors. As Annabeth and I were spreading a picnic blanket, Groover showed up to tell us goodbye. He was dressed in his usual jeans and t-shirt and trainers. But in the last few weeks, he'd started to look older, almost high school age. His goatee had got thicker. He put on weight. His horns had grown a few centimeters at least. So now he had to wear his Rasta cap all the time to pass as human. I'm off, he said. I just came to say, well, you know, I tried to feel happy for him. After all, it wasn't every day a satyr got permission to go looking for the great god Pan. But it was hard saying goodbye. I'd only known Groover a year, yet he was my oldest friend. Annabeth gave me a hug. She told me to keep she told him to keep his fake feet on. I asked where he was going to search first. Kind of a secret, he said, looking embarrassed. I wish you could come with me, guys. But humans and pan. We understand, Annabeth said. You got enough tin cans for the trip? Yeah. You remember your reed pipes? Jeez, Annabeth, he grumbled. You're like an old mama goat. But he didn't really sound annoyed. He gripped his walking stick and slung a backpack over his shoulder. He looked like an like any hitchhiker you might see on an American highway. Nothing like the little runty boy I used to defend from defend from bullies at Yancey Academy. Well, he said, wish me luck. He gave Annabeth another hug. He clapped me on the shoulder, then headed towards the dunes. Fireworks exploded to life overhead. Hercules killing the Nemean lion. Artemis chasing the boar. George Washington, who by the way was a son of Athena, crossing the Delaware. Hey, Groover, I called. He turned at the edge of the woods. 
wherever you going i hope they make good enchiladas groover grinned and then he was gone the trees closing around him we'll see him again annabeth said i tried to believe it the fact that no searcher had ever come back in 2000 years well i decided not to think about it groover would be the first he had to be july passed i spent my days devising new strategies for capture the flag and making alliances with other cabins to keep the banner out of the aeris's hands i got to the top of the climbing wall for the first time without getting scorched by lava from time to time i'd walk past the big house glance up at the attic windows and think about the oracle i tried to convince myself that its prophecy had come to come to a completion you shall go west and face the god who has told been there done that even though the traitor god had turned out to be ares rather than hades you shall find what was stolen and see it safely returned check one master bolt delivered one helmet of darkness back on hades's oily head you shall be betrayed by one who calls you a friend this line still bothered you ares had pretended to be my friend and then betrayed me that must have been what the oracle meant and you shall fail to save what matters the most in the end i had failed to save my mother but only because i'd let her save herself and i knew that was the right thing so why was i still uneasy the last night of the summer session came all too quickly the campers had one last good meal together we burned part of our dinner for the gods at the bonfire the senior councillors awarded the end of summer beads i got my own leather necklace and when i saw the bead for my first summer i was glad the firelight covered my blushing the design was pitch black with a green with a sea green trident shimmering in the center the choice was unanimous unanimous luke announced this bead commemorates the first son of the of the sea god at this camp and the quest he undertook into the darkest part of the underworld to stop a war the entire camp got to their feet and cheered even the ares cabin felt obliged to stand athena's cabin steered annabeth to the front so she could share in the applause i'm not sure i'd ever felt as happy or sad as i did at that moment i'd finally found a family people who cared about me and thought i'd done something right and in the morning most of them would be leaving for the yoke the next morning i found a form letter on my bedside table i knew dionysius must have filled it out because he stubbornly insisted on getting my name wrong dear peter johnson If you intend to stay at Camp Half Blood year round, you must inform the Big House by noon today. If you do not announce your intentions, we will assume you have vacated, vacated your cabin or died a horrible death. Cleaning harpies will 
will begin work at sundown they will eat they will be authorized to eat any unregistered campers all personal articles left behind will be incinerated in the lava pit have a nice day mr d dinonius camp director olympian council number 12 that's another thing about adhd deadlines just aren't real to me until i'm staring at one in my, in my face summer was over i had i still hadn't answered my mother or the camp about whether i'd be staying or not now i had only a few hours to decide the decision the, the decision should have been easy i mean 9 months of hero training or 9 months of sitting in a classroom duh but there was my mom to consider for the first time i had a chance to live with her for a whole year without gabe i had a chance to be at home and knock around the city in my free time i remembered what anubhath had said so long ago on a call quest the real world is where the monsters are that's where you learn whether you're any good or not i thought about the fate of thalia daughter of zeus i wondered how many monsters would attack me if i left half blood hill if i stayed in one place for a whole school year without sharon or my friends around to help me would my mother and i even survive until the next summer that was assuming the spelling tests and five paragraph essays didn't kill me i decided i'd go down to the arena and do some sword practice maybe that would clear my mind the camp grounds were mostly deserted shimmering in the august heat all the campers were in their cabins packing up or running around with brooms and mops getting ready for the final inspection arcus was helping some of the aphrodite kids haul their gucci suitcases and makeup kits over the hill where the camp's shuttle bus would be waiting for them to take the to take them to the airport airport don't think about leaving yet i told myself just train i got to the sword fighters arena and found that duke had the same idea his gym bag was plopped at the edge of the stage he was working solo whacking away at the battle dummies with a sword i'd never seen before it must have been a regular steel blade because he was slashing the dummy's head right off stabbing through their straw stuffed guts his orange counselor's shirt was dripping with sweat his expression was so intense his life might have really been in danger i watched fascinated as he disassembled the whole row of dummies whacking off limbs and basically reducing them to a pile of straw and armor they were only dummies but i still couldn't help being awed by the by luke's skill the guy was an incredible fighter it made me wonder again how he possibly could have failed at his quest finally he saw me and stopped mid swing percy 
Um, sorry, I said, embarrassed. I just... It's okay, he said, lowering his vote. Just doing some last minute practice. Those dummies won't be bothering anybody anymore. Luke shrugged. We build new ones every summer. Now that his sword wasn't swirling around, I could see something odd about it. The blade was of two types of different metals, one edge bronze and the other steel. Luke noticed me looking at it. Oh, this new toy. This is Backbiter. Backbiter? Luke turned the blade in the light so it glinted wickedly. One side is celestial bronze and the other is tempered steel. Works on mortals and immortals both. I thought about what Chiron had told me when I started my quest. That a hero should never harm mortals unless absolutely necessary. I didn't know they could make weapons like that. They probably can't, Luke agreed. It's one of a kind. He gave me a tiny smile, then slid the sword into its scabbard. Listen, I was go going to come looking for you. What do you say we go down to the woods one last time? Look for something to fight. I don't know why I hesitated. I should have felt relieved that Luke was being so friendly. Ever since I had got back from the quest, he'd been acting a little distant. I was afraid he might resent me after all the attention I'd had. You think it's good? You think it's a good idea? I asked. I mean, oh, come on. He rummaged in his gym bag and pulled out a six pack of Cokes. Drinks are on me. I stared at the Cokes, wondering where the heck he got them. They there were no regular mortal sodas at the camp store. No way to smuggle them in unless you talk to a satyr, maybe. Of course, the magic diner, the magic dinner goblets would fill with fill with anything you want. But it just didn't taste the same as a real Coke, straight out of the can. Sugar and caffeine. My willpower crumbled. Sure, I decided. Why not? We walked down to the woods and kicked around for some kind of monster to fight. But it was too hot. All the monsters with any sense must have been taking siestas in their nice cool caves. We found a shady spot by the creek where I'd broken Clarissa's spear during my first capture the flag game. We sat on a big rock. Drank our cokes and watched the sunlight in the woods. After a while, Luke said, You miss being on a quest? With monsters attacking me every meter? Are you kidding? Luke raised an eyebrow. Yeah, I miss it, I admitted. You? I... A shadow passed over, over his face. I was used to hearing about... The girls, how, from the girls, how good-looking Luke was. But at that moment, he looked weary and angry and not at all handsome. His blonde hair was grey in the sunlight. His scar on his lip, on, the scar on his face looked deeper than usual. 
I could imagine him as an old man. I've lived at Camp Half-Blood year-round since I was 14, he told me, ever since Thalia. Well, you know, I trained and trained and trained. I never got to be a normal teenager out there in the real world. Then they threw me one quest and when I came back, it was like, Okay, ride's over. Have a nice life. He crumbled his coke can and threw it into the creek, which really shocked me. One of the first things you learn at Camp Half-Blood is, Don't litter. You'll hear from the nymphs and nades. They'll get even. You'll crawl into bed one night and find your sheets filled with centipedes and mud. The heck with laurel reds, Luke said. I'm not going to end up like those dusty trophies in the big house attic. You make it sound like you're leaving. Luke gave me a twisted smile. Oh, I'm leaving all right, Percy. I brought you here. I brought you down here to say goodbye. He snapped his fingers. A small fire burnt a, burnt a hole in the ground at my feet. Out crawled something glistening black, about the size of my hand. A scorpion. I started to go for my pen. I wouldn't, Liu cautioned. Pit scorpions can jump up up to five meters. Its stinger can pierce right through your clothes. You'll be dead in 60 seconds. Luke, what? Then it hit me. You shall be betrayed. You will be betrayed by one who calls you a friend. You, I said. He stood calmly and brushed off his jeans. The scorpion paid him no attention. It kept its beady eyes on me, clamping its pincers as it crawled onto my shoe. I saw a lot out there in the world, Percy, Luke said. Didn't you feel it? The darkness gathering, the monsters growing stronger. Didn't you realize how useless it all is? All the heroics being pawns of the gods. They should have been overthrown thousands of years ago, but they've hung on thanks to us half-bloods. I couldn't believe this was happening. Luke! You're talking about our parents, I said. He laughed. That's supposed to make me love them? Their precious Western civilization is a disease, Percy. It's killing the world. The only way to stop it is to burn it to the ground. Start over with something more honest. You're as crazy as Ares. His eyes flared. Ares is a fool. He never realized the true master he was serving. If I had time, Percy, I could explain. But I'm afraid you won't live that long. The scorpion crawled onto my trouser leg. There had, there had to be a way out of this. I needed time to think. Kronos, I said. That's who you serve. The air got colder. You should be careful with names, Luke warned. Kronos got you to steal the master bolt and the helm. He spoke to you in your dreams. Luke's eye twitched. He spoke to you too, Percy. You should have listened. He's brainwashing you, Luke. You're wrong. He showed me that my talents are being wasted.
You know what my quest was two years ago, Percy. My father Hermes wanted me to steal a golden apple from the garden of the Hesperides and turn it to Olympus. After all my training I'd done, that was the best he could think up. That's not an easy quest, I said. Hercules did it. Exactly, Luke said. Where's the glory in repeating glory in repeating what others have done? All the gods know how to all the gods gods know is how to all the gods know how to do is replay their past. My heart wasn't in it. The dragon in the garden gave me this. He pointed angrily at his scar. And when I came back, all I got was pity. I wanted to pull Olympus stone by stone right then. But I bided my time. I began to dream of Kronos. He convinced me to steal something worthwhile. Something no hero had ever done before. When we went on that winter solstice field trip, while the other campers were asleep, I sneaked into the throne room and took Zeus' master bolt right from his chair. Hades' helmet of darkness too. You wouldn't believe how easy it is. The, Olympi the Olympians are so arrogant. They never dreamed someone would dare steal from them. Their security is horrible. I was halfway across New Jersey before I heard the storms rumbling and I knew they discovered my theft. The scorpion was sitting on my knee now, staring at me with its glittering eyes. I tried to keep my voice level. So why didn't you bring the items to Kronos? Luke's smile wavered. I, I got overconfident. Zeus sent out his sons and daughters to find the stolen boat. Artemis, Apollo, my father, Hermes. But it was Ares who caught me. I could have beaten him, but I wasn't careful enough. He disarmed me, took the items of power, threatened to return them to Olympus and burn me alive. Then Kronos' voice came to me and told me what to say. I put the idea in Ares' head about a great war being between the gods. I said all he had to do was hide the item away for a while and watch the others fight. Ares got a wicked gleam in his eyes. I knew he was hooked. He let me go and I returned to Olympus before anyone noticed my absence. Duke drew his news drew out his new sword. He ran his thumb down the flat of the blade as if he were hypnotized by its beauty. Afterwards, the Lord of the Titans, he he punished me with nightmares. I swore not to fail again. Back at camp, half blood, in my dreams I was told that a second hero would arrive. One who could be tricked into taking the bolt and the helmet the rest of the way, from Ares down to Tartarus. You summoned the hellhound that night in the forest. We had to make Sharon think that the camp wasn't safe for you, so he would 
start you on your quest. We had to confirm his fears that Hades was after you. And it worked. The flying shoes were cursed, I said. They were supposed to drag me and the backpack into Tartarus. And they would have if you'd been wearing them. But you gave them to the satyr, which wasn't part of the plan. Groover messes up everything he touches. He even confused the curse. Luke looked down at the scorpion, which was now sitting on my thigh. You should have died in Tartarus, Percy. But don't worry. I'll leave you with my little friend to set things right. Thalia gave her life to save you, I said, gritting my teeth. And this is how you repay her? Don't speak of Thalia, he shouted. The gods let her die. That's one of the many things that they will pay for. You're being used, Luke. You and Eris both. Don't listen to Kronos. I've been used? Luke's voice turned shrill. Look at yourself. What has your dad ever done for you? Kronos will rise. You've only delayed his pl plans. He will cast the Olympians into Tartarus and drive humanity back to their caves. All except the strongest. The ones who serve him. Call off the bug, I said. If you're strong, fight me yourself. Luke smiled. Nice try, Percy, but I'm not Ares. You can't bait me. My lord is waiting and he's got plenty of quests for me to undertake. Luke! Goodbye, Percy. This is, there is a new golden age coming and you won't be a part of it. He slashed his sword in an arc and disappeared in a ripple of darkness. The scorpion lunged. I swatted it away with my hand and uncapped my sword, the thing jumping at me, and I cut it in half in midair. I was about to congratulate myself until I looked down at my hand. My palm had a huge red welt, oozing and smoking with yellow gunk. The thing had got me after all. My eyes, ears pounded, my vision foggy. The water, I thought. It had healed me before. I stumbled to the creek and submerged my hand, but nothing seemed to happen. The poison was too strong. My vision was getting dark. I could barely stand up. Sixty seconds, Luke had told me. I had to get to camp. If I collapsed out here, my body would be dinner for a monster. Nobody would ever know what had happened. My legs felt like lead. My forehead was burning. I stumbled towards the camp and the nymphs stirred from their trees. Help! I croaked. Please! Two of them took my arms, pulling me along. I remembered making it to the clearing, a counsellor shouting for help, a senator blowing a conch horn. Then everything went black. I woke up with a drinking straw in my mouth. I was sipping something that tasted like liquid chocolate chip cookies. Nectar. I opened my eyes. I was propped up in bed in the sick room of the big house. My right hand bandaged like a club. Argus stood guard in the corner. 
Annabeth sat next to me, holding my nectar glass and dabbing a washcloth on my forehead. Here we are again, I said. You idiot, Annabeth said, which is how I knew she was overjoyed to see me conscious. You were green and turning grey when we found you. If it weren't for Sharon's healing. Now, now, Sharon's voice said. Percy's constitution deserved, deserved some more credit. He was sitting near the foot of my bed in human form, which is why I hadn't noticed him yet. His lower half was magically compact compacted into a into the wheelchair his upper half dressed in a coat and tie he smiled but his face looked weary and pale the way it did when he'd been up all night grading latin papers how are you feeling he asked like my insides have been frozen then microwaved apt consider considering that was a pit scorpion venom. Now you must tell me if you can exactly what had happened. Between sips of nectar, I told them the story. The room was quiet for a long time. I can't believe that Luke. Annabeth's voice faltered. Her expression turned angry and sad. Yes, yes, I can believe it. I can believe it. May the gods curse him. He was never the same after his quest. This must be reported to Olympus, Chiron murmured. I will go up, go at once. Luke is out there right now, I said. I have to go after him. Chiron shook his head. No, Percy. The gods won't even talk about Kronos, I snapped. Zeus declared the matter closed. Percy, I know this is hard, but you must not rush out for vengeance. You aren't ready. I didn't like it, but part of me suspected Chiron was right. One look at my hand and I knew I wasn't going to be sword fighting anytime soon. Chiron, your prophecy from the Oracle. It was about Kronos, wasn't it? Was I in it? An Annabeth? Chiron glanced nervously at the ceiling. Percy, it isn't my place. You've been ordered not to talk to me about it, haven't you? His eyes were sympathetic but sad. You will be a great hero, child. I will do my best to prepare you. But if I'm right about the path ahead of you... Thunder boomed overhead, rattling the windows. All right, Chiron shouted. Fine. He sighed in frustration. The gods have their reasons, Percy. Knowing too much about your future is never a good thing. We can't just sit back and do nothing, I said. We will not sit back, Chiron promised. But you must be careful. Kronos wants you to come unraveled. He wants your life disrupted. Your thoughts clouded with fear and anger. Do not give him what he wants. Train patiently. Your time will come. Assuming I live that long. Chiron put his hand on my ankle. You'll have to trust me, Percy. You will live. 
But first, you must decide your path for the coming year. I cannot tell you the right choice. I got the feeling that he had a very definite opinion and it was taking all his willpower not to advise me. But you must decide whether to stay at Camp Half-Blood year-round or return to the mortal world for 7th grade and be a summer camper. Think on that. When I get back from Olympus, you must tell me your decision. I wanted to protest. I wanted to ask him more questions. But his expression told me there would be, there could be no more discussion. He had said as much as he could. I'll be back as soon as I can, Sharon promised. Argus will watch over you. He glanced at Annabeth. Oh, and my dear, whenever you're ready, they're here. Who's here? I asked. Nobody answered. Sharon rolled himself out of the room. I heard the wheels of his chair clunk carefully down the front steps, two at a time. Annabeth studied the ice in my drink. What's wrong? I asked her. Nothing, she said. The glass on the table. I just took your advice about something. You, um, need anything? Yeah, help me up. I want to go outside. Pussy, that isn't a good idea. I slid my legs out of bed. Annabeth caught me before I could crumble to the floor. A wave of nausea rolled over me. Annabeth said, I told you. I'm fine, I insisted. I didn't want to lie in bed like an invalid while Luke was out there planning to destroy the western world. I managed a step forward, then another, still leaning heavily on Annabeth. Argus followed us outside. But he kept his distance. By the time we reached the porch, my face was beaded with sweat. My stomach had twisted into knots. But I had managed to make it all the way to the railing. It was dusk. The camp looked completely deserted. The cabins were dark and the volleyball pit silent. No canoes cut the surface of the lake. Beyond the woods and strawberry fields, the Long Island sound glittered in the last light of sun. What are you going to do? Annabeth asked me. I don't know. I told her I got the feeling that Sharon wanted me to stay year round to put in more individual training but I wasn't sure that was what I wanted. I admitted I'd feel bad about leaving her alone. Alone though, with only Clarice for company. Annabeth pursed her lips, then said quietly, I'm going home for the year, Percy. I stared at her. You mean to your dad's? She pointed towards the crest of Half-Blood Hill, next to Thalia's pine tree at the very edge of the camp's magical boundaries. A family stood silhouetted. Two little children, a woman and a tall man with blonde hair. They seemed to be waiting. The man was holding a backpack that looked like the, like the one that Annabeth had got from Waterland in Den- Denver. 
I wrote him a letter when we got back, Annabeth said, just like you suggested. I told him I was sorry. I'd come home for the school year if he still wanted me. He wrote back immediately. I decided we'd give it another try. That took guts, I said. She pursed her lips. You won't try anything stupid during the school year, will you? At least not without sending me an iris message. I managed to smile. I won't go looking for trouble. I usually don't have to. When I get back next summer, she said, we'll hunt down Luke. We'll ask for a quest. But if we don't get approval, we'll sneak off and do it anyway. Agreed? Sounds like a plan worthy of Athena. She held out her hand. I shook it. Take care, seaweed brain, Annabeth told me. Keep your eyes open. You too, wise girl. I watched her walk up the hill and join her family. She gave her father an awkward hug hug, and looked back at the valley one last time. She touched Thalia's pine tree, then allowed herself to be led over the crest into the mortal world. For the first time at camp, I felt truly alone. I looked out at Long Island Sound and I remembered my father saying, The sea does not like to be restrained. I made my decision. I wondered if Poseidon were watching. Would he approve of my choice? I'll be back, back next summer, I promised him. I'll survive until then. After all, I am your son. I asked a... Argus to take me down to cabin 3 so I could pack my bags for home. And with this, we come to an end of Percy Jackson, the lightning thief.